Hello and welcome to the Empowered Women's Project, a podcast and community made by women for women to help you live your best life and reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today we are joined by an incredible woman, a super mama and a health coach, Sandra Cooper. Sandra's going to be talking to us around her own journey, uh, the adversity and challenge that she's grown through as a woman, what she's done to come out the other side, some amazing daily practices to be able to stay in her truth and uh, what she's realized about herself through the years and stepping into her own greatness and power, which I think for a lot of women, we aren't doing enough of. So I cannot wait to hear uh, what your takeaways are from today's interview. Let's dive right in. Hey everyone, today I am so excited to be able to chat to a beautiful friend of mine and someone who I look up to in a lot of ways. She's an incredibly empowered woman, Sandra Cooper. Thanks for joining us today, honey. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. I was thinking back to when I first actually met you. We were at an Anthony Robbins event in Fiji. I was very pregnant with my second child and we just hit it off, didn't we? Yes, it was so fun. <laughs> and I think, I guess, just to, to touch on that, you're a mama, you're a health coach, um, you have just done so many different things in your life. But one of the things that I have observed in you from when I first met you to, till now is you every year I've just seen you step more and more into your power, into who you are as a woman, as a mama, as a wife. And I know it's been a journey. Um, so I'd love to be able to talk about that with you because I know that we'll be able to add so much value to the beautiful ladies listening on the line with us as well. Yay, excellent. I can't wait to share. This is exciting. So I think if people were to look at you from the outset, you are glowing, you are fit, you're really healthy, you've just got this natural energy about you, but it wasn't necessarily always like that for you. You've been through quite a health journey and, um, you know, some big things happened to you, you know, when you were in your early 20s. Could you share a little bit about that, I guess, mm -hmm. defining moment for you and life and how that's kind of changed how you live life now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a very personal journey for me. It was something that I initially was quite, uh, you know, I didn't really feel comfortable sharing at the beginning because I really felt that it was a part of my life to be ashamed of. I, um, at 14, started off with uh, eating disorders. So I ended up having very low self-worth, very low self-esteem, and I ended up bulimic for almost 15 years. And it was something that nobody knew about. And of course, affected my health greatly. And I had these, um, as a teenager, I just wanted to, like a lot of young girls, wanted to be skinny, wanted to be popular. And so I had these um, massive limiting beliefs in my, in my head that were really holding me back and, and uh, stopped me from believing in myself and that I was perfect and beautiful just the way I was. So um, the, you know, obviously the eating disorder did create havoc in my body and um, it went on for, for many years. So then what happened, I um, had a baby at 24 and gave birth to the most beautiful girl and she's now 19. I can't even believe she's 19. And um, so obviously pregnancy was really challenging. I don't think my body was really in any state to have a baby. I didn't know about health and nutrition the way that I do now. And um, so by the time I had had her, my body was so depleted, so run down. I ended up with some major auto, uh, autoimmune issues and disorders. So I had eczema from head to toe. I was depressed. I had chronic fatigue. 
um, I just had major brain fog and I'd never felt happy. I was always just going through the motions day to day. And then at 27, I went for my usual checkup at the doctor, as I always did. And um, I got a call that evening saying I needed to come in straight away. And next day when I went in, I found out that I had like stage three cervical cancer. So that was the wake up in my life where I realized, you know what, I've been abusing my body for so long and it's really time to start taking care of myself. And I think as a mum as well, it was really, um, well, it hit me that, you know, what kind of life am I living and what kind of uh, mum am I being for my child? And, you know, she's following my footsteps and watching everything that I'm doing, the way I behave, eat, think. And it was, that was the big moment for me where I realised I needed to make some serious changes. Yeah. yeah. And, and when and firstly, thank you for being so real and vulnerable. I know that for and when we spoke about this for the first time, you were so worried and nervous about what people might think of you, or you know, we do that to ourselves, right? We we and when we see vulnerability in someone else, we go, wow, oh my gosh, she's amazing. But when it when it's in us, we think, oh no, no, not going there. So I, you're giving so many people a really beautiful gift right now. So I want to thank you for that. When you were you know, I guess a young teenager, did you speak to people much about what was going on for you or is that something that you just kind of kept? No, it was, I was so quiet and so shy and I never, I didn't feel comfortable ever sharing anything with my mother, Mm -hmm. which is really sad now. So now I make sure that my kids are really comfortable talking to me about anything and everything because I realized how much that did affect me. Mm. Um, and I think nowadays, I mean, if I just reached out for help, it could have been a whole different story, but as they say, your, your message is your, your mess is your message. And I wouldn't change things for the world now because I, it's led me down this amazing path. Um, but, but that's really been a big aha for me is really to have that communication with, with my children. Mm. I mean, I always want to be the mom that they feel like they can come home to and just fully download without and it's tough sometimes not to throw in that advice or have that judgment, but creating that space so they feel like can just talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So that was at 27 mm. that you received that diagnosis. Then what happened from there? So it was by accident that I found an incredible naturopath. I was going to a chemist to get a cortisone script because I didn't, you know, I didn't have the awareness around health that I have today. I was brought up to, to believe that, you know, for every ill, there's a pill. And it, when you have anything wrong, you just go to the doctor. And I remember just constantly being fed for every cold, every flu, straight to the doctor, antibiotics. And, and I now, especially with my knowledge of gut health, I realized that, you know, that destroyed my gut. Everything that I was doing was destroying my gut health. And 80% of serotonin is produced in our gut. So um, met this amazing pharmacist who happened to be a naturopath. And he said, look, I'd love to spend some time with you. I think it was, it was within days of me having been to the doctor. I think it was just before I, I got my diagnosis. And um, he was just a blessing that had been sent to me. So I went, I thought, oh, I don't know what a naturopath is, but he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So I went to see him. And, you know, as soon as he did my live blood analysis, he was like, this is like, you're a mess. And, you know, if you keep going, you've got about two years to live. Like, that's where we're at. Mm. And that was, that, that was the first time I'd ever faced my mortality. And I realised, and he, he was so supportive and said, look, we can turn all this around. It's just about cleansing your body and 
helping you clear anything emotionally and just getting getting your body nourished and, and where it needs to be again. And so we worked together for 10 years, which was amazing. And um, very quickly, my body started to return to good health. Um, and that, at the same time, that's when I discovered uh, Tony Robbins, <laughs> which of course is where we met. So while I was doing the, the cleansing and, and changing my health and my diet, I was also clearing and, and working myself on myself emotionally, mentally and spiritually. Mm. So it, I think it really goes hand in hand. Mm. And that set you off on the path now and that, you know, help, helping others live a healthier life. That's, yes. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about um, your self-talk, maybe in your early 20s and when you were going through a lot of that turmoil and then how that's changed mm. over time and, and why you think it's changed. I think it's the key to everything. Um, how we talk to ourselves, the thoughts that we have, what we choose to believe, the meaning we give things in life um, is what creates our reality. So I had always thought that I was not the most smartest child growing up. I, I, I didn't feel educated. I didn't think I was intelligent. And to suddenly, I think it was um, my was first... Because, sorry, was that because people said things? A teacher maybe said, you know, you're not smart? Or, or was that just an internal feeling? Yeah, I think, well, I went to nine schools. So... You know, when you go to different schools, they're, you know, they're learning different things at different rates. So I would go from one school to the next and, and not have a clue about what we were learning, the maths. And I, the self-talk I had going on was, wow, like, you're really stupid. You're, you don't have the intellect. And the, the, the doubt and the self-talk, the negative self-talk, kicked in very early in life, definitely, and definitely impacted everything for me. Mm. And so when you came across, Anthony Robbins definitely changed my life dramatically as well. <laughs> was that kind of the catalyst for you to realise the conversations that you were having inside and how mean you were to yourself? Yes, that, that first weekend that I did where we did the fire walking in Sydney, I don't, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that. It was the first time in my life where I, I was thinking differently and had this totally different conscious awareness of everything. And it was so exciting for me. I realized that I can create anything in my life and that I'm amazing. And, um, you know, let's just do it. Let's do it. It was very empowering. Mm. And then I became hooked <laughs> and did 10 events. <laughs> and how important has, uh, I guess, having an outside a mentor or, you know, source of inspiration being for you, you know, in your journey? Mm. Well, I was really fortunate when I did get sick that I had some incredible people who did come into my life who were already on the journey of personal development and healing and um, just playing at a completely different level consciously. And so, you know, they say you become like the people you spend the most time with. It's so important. I, I had so many people because I really struggled mentally and emotionally for a long time. Um, and I never thought that my situation would change. I, I became a single mum when my daughter was one and I had to, I was in quite a, an abusive relationship. So leaving, being on my own, it, it, like there were so many mental things that came up and emotional issues that came up. So having mentors um, that were in my life that supported me who would just tell me that I could create anything and that, you know, I was perfect the way I was, that, you know, all these things that we, that we, we I think we all need that. Yeah. Whether it's coming from a partner or, but just definitely people who've experienced things and understand and um, 
you know, and can guide us. Really important. And what would your advice be, you know, to the women who are listening that might not feel like they've got their mentors around them? What would be some steps, maybe a, a podcast, a book, an audio book, a seminar that, you know, that has helped you in your journey that they can, because what I love about the whole five people thing, it doesn't have to necessarily, it's nice when they're physically in your vicinity, but if it's between your ears and you're listening to something, then that's just as powerful as well. So what's some, um, I guess, you know, the biggest and to this day, I still do it. The most life-changing thing for me was opening an account with Audible. Mm. And I just became like this, I just needed to learn every day. And listening to a new audio book just educated me and opened up everything. And I just became addicted to listening to audio books. So when I was cleaning the house, I'd walk every day. I started exercising. Um, I had back in the iPod days, <laughs> I had an iPod and I just listened every day to Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, any of the Hay House authors, um, anybody that I could, you know, when people mention things, I would go, oh, I'll look those people up. Marianne Williamson, Louis, Louise Hay was a, a huge person who really made an impact on my life. Mm. Um, and the You Can Heal Your Life book was really empowering for me at a, at a young, you know, early stage. <clears throat> I love that. But, um, Audible's amazing and there's so many amazing people on there. So if you if you can fill your ears with with that, it just changes how you feel on the in the moment, it changes your way of thinking, how, how you communicate with the people in your life, with yourself, your self-talk. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. Now, I know for a lot of women listening um, right now, they might not be in a great relationship. And, you know, you shared a little bit in the past about some of the challenges that you had when you were kind of in a not great relationship. Now you're, you have another two more beautiful uh, babies and married to the amazing Duncan. But back then, when you look at maybe not having the circle around you of support, what was it that got you to um, either, what was it that fueled you? to choose you know choose a different life or choose to get out of that situation for yourself and your little one um i had big dreams i think especially listening to to people like tony robbins who like that's when the um <clears throat> the power of manifesting really started to come into my life when i realized that uh, if I visualize something and i focus on it instead of focusing on what we don't want focus on what we do want and just having that belief that we can create anything um, that was life-changing for me. And I thought, okay, well, we'll see if this stuff works. <laughs> and I remember my first vision board, I had actually put meet Tony, meet Sage, <laughs> go to Fiji, go to the, you know, to Namali. And um, it was next to my bed every day. And I just remember looking at it. It's like, okay, I, I think it was having faith and trust in the beginning mm. that, that the leaders who have stepped before me, had had been there and and if they say this works do this do that i just i just thought if i do what they say it's going to happen eventually and looking back now you know two years later i ended up in the mali three times i remember meeting tony and sage for the first time and just pinching myself even when i met wayne dyer like that was a thing that i wanted to manifest and um i realized that i can create anything but we we need to be surrounded by the people that think the same as us who are like-minded and um, that's one of the reasons why I love what we're doing now because instead of going and running off and doing a course all the time to be with these people we've got 
this lovely community every day of our life and constantly lifting and raising each other up, supporting each other. So, yes, it's wonderful because it never ends, right? No, and, and that's what really growing. And we're a constant work in progress. I love yeah. that. So vision board, I love that. I think about my first one when I first got exposed to it too and I put all the magazines out and started <laughs> It's scary what you put on those things and what actually comes to fruition. Is that a, a habit? Do you have one right now? Do, do you always have one that's constantly evolving? Yeah, I've just bought a clean board because yes. literally everything that I had on my board has come to fruition. And I found a list that I made in 2011, 100 things. And it was love to get married, have more children, go to Hawaii, get a cleaner. Sorry, I've got helicopters. We've got this. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because this week I'm, I, see, the thing is when I, when I look at my lists in the past and I look at my vision boards, I'm like, wow, I've been playing so small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I realized how much I've grown because I'm thinking bigger and I'm creating more. And, you know, we just opened an F45 gym in Surface Paradise. And, you know, that was just a vision on my board. I'd love to own an F45 gym. Um, it's crazy. Incredible. You haven't got one. You need to, you need to do it. I think vision boards are huge. And for those of you listening that don't really know what it is, it doesn't matter if it's a big poster or a page in your journal or a collage on your computer, but it's just the things that you would love. And it's not necessarily just about stuff. It's words that, you know, inspire you. It's pictures of locations you want to go to. So I I think that's so powerful. And, and if you don't have that, you know, there's the, the, the saying without a vision, people perish. It's like if you don't have a vision for your future and what you're wanting to create, then you're just going to keep getting more of right now. And maybe for some of you, that's great. But I would say for a lot of you um, listening, I know for myself, I'd love more. I'd love to be able to help more people and to make an impact and go explore the world. So it's, it's just a good thing to do. And do you, um, just on that, has that filtered down through your children? Have you shared vision boarding with them? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, my 19-year-old, I remember her ringing up one day and she's saying, Mom, you know all that stuff that you always go on about? She's like, I've just realised it actually works. It's <laughs> like, yay, I got through. It's so good. Um, but my, my children, they know that if they want something, they can create it. You know, we've really instilled that belief into them. And um, the other thing I was going to say too with vision boards, it's not about stuff. It's also who do you want to become, you know? I always have a big section in the middle of the person that I would love to become for this year, Um, whether it's having more confidence, being more sassy, being more in my feminine, being more bold. You know, these sorts of things are important too. And, yeah, yeah. Just on that, I think back to you 10 years ago five years ago and now and if i had have asked you to jump on a podcast five years ago even two there you probably would have said no or you would have said yes and stressed about it for a month <laughs> right and then pulled out or something because you were just doubting yourself where how has you checked because there was a lot and i've been through this myself so i'm not just point pointing at you but talking about your journey from self-doubt to self-belief. Okay. How, how have you done it? What have you done? I was the, I, I laugh now because especially a lot of the girls that I talk to every day and, and that are, you know, that I work with, they're like, oh, but I hate public speaking. I could never get in front of the camera. You don't understand. I get anxiety. I'm like, oh my goodness. If you could see, if you could be a fly on the wall for my journey, 
um, the, the shakes, the shivers, the stress that I went through. It was the most painful experience I've ever been through having to speak on camera. And the thing that got me through was having that end in sight. Like for me, I've, I've never, what creates the most pain in my life is the thought of not moving forward and not achieving my goals, not achieving my dreams. And I knew that stepping up and getting in front of people and having to speak in public was part of that journey. Mm. And sometimes in life, things are so challenging and so excruciatingly difficult, but they're the things that give us the most growth. And I always say to people, the thing that's the most uncomfortable is the thing that you need to step into and do. And the great thing is the pain doesn't last very long. And then like for me, I found after speaking on stage a few times and getting in front of a few Zooms, oh, um, sorry about the helicopters. <laughs> they're, they're trying to fight fires. I like, let them do their job. <laughs> um, and I realized that all the stress and worry was for nothing. And now I feel really confident in being able to talk. But it all came down to self-love. Everything comes down to self-love. You know, we, we, we judge ourselves so much. We bash ourselves so much. I was always fearful of what people would think and how I looked and how many ums I was saying. And, and now I just don't care anymore. And it, it's just all come down to, to, to self-love and self-acceptance. And so what would you say to the beautiful women listening that maybe are holding back and doubting themselves in whatever it might be? It could be trying a new sport or, you know, or asking that person out on a date or doing something out of their comfort zone. What, what's your advice? What should they do or practice to be able to just... Right. It's just having that five seconds of courage. And I like to link the pain of not doing it to like, I think the pain of not doing something is always worse than the pain of actually just doing it. Right. And, and the fears that it's all fear. And what do they say? Fear is um, false, false evidence. evidence appearing real. And that's true. Like it's all made up in our heads. And, and when you have the courage, just that five seconds of courage to, to do the thing, to say what you need to say, it's not as scary as what we think. And, and then what comes after that is this, that's what builds self-confidence. It's, it's going and doing the things that scare the shit out of you and realising that it wasn't so scary and you did it and then you feel so much better about yourself. And it's like, well, if I can do that, then I can do the next thing and then the next thing. So, yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, our kids are always watching too, right? So one of the things I love about you is that, um, you know, you, you do create time for yourself. You're not, you are an amazing mama, but you also put that time for yourself as well. What's been your experience with, I guess, the juggle of that? Because I think, you know, we all probably have times where we experience that mum guilt where, oh, but I should be there for the kids. Oh, but I shouldn't be doing that for me because I, you know, that money could go towards you know, some sports equipment or whatever it might be. We, we do it. It's, it's a constant thing. How have you gone with that juggling back and forth? Yeah, well, initially I was a people pleaser. Yeah. And I always put myself last. There was all this guilt of, well, I can't, I don't know, it was this, I felt guilty if I put myself first. And I felt like if, if I put myself first, I don't know, I, would do, I was just constantly putting myself, I wouldn't buy clothes, I wouldn't get my hair done. But then I resented everybody and I was depressed and I wasn't living my life inspired. I was just this miserable person going through the motions, resenting everybody, which was really sad. And I, and I realized that like, 
that's not loving my family. That's not loving the people in my life. They want the best version of me. And when I put myself first and I show up then as my best version, that's loving everybody around me. So it's like the whole oxygen thing in the plane. You've got to put the mask on you and then you can put the mask on everybody else. And I know it's a really simple uh, analogy, but it's so true. And so many mums don't put themselves first. Um, I used to be a beauty therapist. I worked in personal training. You know, I've done all these different things. I just see these women just, just dull and unhappy because they're not taking the time for them. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Like I, I have non-negotiables. One is going to the gym because exercise is so important, especially, you know, we need the endorphins and, and the serotonin and running through our brain. And especially when we've got children, we, we need to have that time out for ourselves. And the thing is, we've got people in our lives who will support us. If we say we need half an hour a day, it's not a lot of time. <clears throat> and when we're honest with ourselves, it's not everyone else around us. We're the ones that need to make the decision to do it. So it's about asking for help, I think, as well. Yeah, I love that. I think I, I've definitely been a people pleaser and that feeling of resenting people when you're the one that said, yes, I can do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they have no idea that there's nothing wrong. It's, yeah. it's all on us, isn't it? But all of a sudden you're snappy at the kids, you're annoyed because you said yes to that person to help them out, but it doesn't, it's not convenient. And then you're running around in a fluster instead of actually just creating some sacred time for yourself for, you know, to fill your own cup up. Yeah. And then, and then we're honoring ourselves and we're, we're nicer to be around. <laughs> so you said non-negotiables. I love that. So that's kind of like your head doesn't hit the pillow. These are the, the boulders in your life of things that happen. So mm -hmm. outside of that, what else is a non-negotiable? So it was more challenging when my children were babies, but now I'm back to Bella's five now. She's my youngest. So I'm back to meditating every morning. I make sure I'm in bed by 10. Absolutely. So that then I wake up at 5.36 before them. So I can, um, you know, Tony teaches his hour of power and I've always taken that on. So I, I rebound for a few minutes on my rebounder. Um, I meditate. My favourite meditation is actually Wayne Dyer, Meditations for Manifesting. I really believe that that's quite powerful. And um, by the time my family wake up, I'm just chilled, um, we have to listen to music every day. <laughs> like we don't put the news on in the morning. We, we put great uplifting music on right through the house. So we start the day on the right foot. That's really important. And of course, what we have for breakfast, I drink a litre of water before I get, um, before I get moving <clears throat> just to flush all the toxins out of my body. I skin brush. And if anybody wants any advice on any of this stuff, you know, send me a message. Well We'll uh, have to have you back on another podcast. To talk <laughs> yeah, yeah more of my, my daily rituals. Um, but definitely keeping my diet as clean as possible. Not, you know, I've got a 90-10 rule with, with my diet. But 10% of the time, it's about having fun, enjoying life, eating the chocolate, um, eating the pizza and hanging out with friends as well. Mm. But and definitely filling my brain as well with, with audio. That's another big thing. Awesome. <clears throat> Because I think, you know, if you don't, if we don't have non-negotiables, then everyone else's non-negotiables end up on our schedule. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like you're a PA to everyone and, and that's it, right? Yeah. We just have to learn to say no sometimes. That's no is a complete sentence. I tell that to myself often. <laughs> Honestly, and we're so fearful of, oh, what will people think? And the, the, the more you say no and honour yourself and you start, start looking after yourself more, the more people respect you, they respect your time, 
they value what you're doing. It, it's just this snowball effect. Yes. Yeah. It's powerful. There's nothing more beautiful than an empowered woman. I love that. Well, I want to ask you what, what is an empowered woman to you or what is living an empowered life mean to you? I think living on her terms, being really aware of what it is that she wants in life and actually being directed and moving towards that and not being afraid to go for that. Um, being in her feminine energy is really important. You know, I really think it's important for women to embrace all their gifts and love who they are for who they are. An empowered woman says what she thinks. <laughs> Mommy. Um, Mama. And, oh, goodness, Mummy's busy. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, Kate. Okay. <laughs> and just, just being really coming from a part space and, and inspiring other women as well. I think that's really important. And you know what? It's all about then raising this next generation <laughs> as empowered as possible. Hey, Bella. Uh, you mentioned the Wayne Dyer Manifestation Meditations. Mm -hmm. What's maybe another book or resource that you love that's really helped you on your path of mindset and self-talk? Wow, there's so many. Um, Awaken the Giant Within, of course. Yes. Awaken that, the Giant Within, Anthony Robbins. Yeah, that's a really powerful one. Um, any of Wayne Dyer's books have been instrumental and oh goodness Kate <laughs> if I'd known you would ask that that's not. okay no that's I mean that's a, a perfect start okay. yeah tell me a quote that often comes into your head or that you live by that inspires you um, oh goodness me <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world I think that's a big one yeah I think the, the, the thing that I'm always telling myself is the way to inspire other people is to inspire yourself first. And, you know, I'm never in competition with other people. I'm always in competition with myself. And I just think if I can just be a slightly better version of me every day, then that's, that's all anyone can really ask for. Yeah. Mm, just show that. up. Show up in the moment. Be present. Be your best self. And, yeah. I think that's really important. Even on the on the days when we're feeling crappy, uh, I think they're the days when we need to to really acknowledge and just accept ourselves the most. Mm. And sometimes not just trying to be the woman that just gets the stuff done on her to do list. It's actually okay to acknowledge that you need some time out and just to curl up yeah. and take a moment, right? You know what? That's a massive thing that I find that comes up with women is that we are trying to be superwoman and do everything all the time. And, you know, it's okay to have a bad day and it's okay to, I think that's a real thing that we need to get out into the world more with women is that, like, you can't be perfect all the time. You can't be, you know, on all the time. You can't have everything together all the time. And, and that's what I love about, you know, the Empowered Women's Project is that we're here to support each other for the good and the not so good and um, especially on the days when we really need it. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. One last question for you. If you could go back and share some words of wisdom to your 15-year-old self, what would you say to her? Wow. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> I would say to her just to shine bright that she's amazing and that she's so very loved and that she's going to create an incredible life for herself. She just needs to start believing in who she is. <laughs> I love it.
you got me here too. <laughs> I want to thank you, honey, for sharing and being so real and vulnerable with us. I know you have shared so many gifts with us today and I'm sure there's some light bulbs and ahas coming on for the ladies listening on the line with us. So we're definitely going to have you back for another interview. I would love to pick your brain particularly around all of the health, um, you know, knowledge that you have. You're helping so many people in that space and it's awesome. Thank you. So thank you so much. It's been really fun. I can't wait to do it again. Thank you. hope that you enjoyed our special interview today with the amazing Sandra Cooper. How incredible was her story and just being able to come out the other side of the adversity that she's been through as a stronger, more empowered woman. I can't wait to hear some of your takeaways. And one of the big things that I think that, you know, Sandra spoke about that I would love to hear from you about is creating your own vision board, your vision for your future, what you want to create, what you want to attract more of, and not only just for yourself, but past that down onto your little people if you do have children or when the timing comes one day down the track to do the same there is so much power that can come to us when we start focusing on the things that we want to attract more in our life versus the things that we don't to learn more about the empowered women's project you can visit empoweredwomensproject.com or join our free online community and check us out at our other social media handles. We would love it if you would head across to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And also, we would love to hear from you around the different topics that you would love us to interview people and talk about to give you the support that you need to live your own empowered life. We're excited to help you step up and step into your next level of greatness so that you can live your best life and lead your family on their own amazing journey as well. Have an incredible day and we look forward to speaking to you you on a future podcast.